Hi, I'm Brady. And I'm Josh. And we could have been doctors, but instead we're sadly here doing a podcast about Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I had a passion fruit, but I do know that Ben Roethlisberger has 66.9% completion rating this season. Noise. Can't remember the last time I shook someone's hand, but I could tell you that despite the fact that the Steelers only allowed 289 points last year, we still had a point differential of negative 14. You hate to see it. <laughs> I did. I did hate to see it. We were the best. Somehow we were the best 8-8 eight and eight team last year, but we're the worst 11-1 team ever this year. Yeah, because, you know. Make that, make that make sense, Josh. It makes sense by uh, one simple fact of life. People hate when people do good. So we're, we were 11 and 0. You, you love to hate the winner. You, you love to hate who's in first because you don't have it. Talking to you, Bengals and Browns fans. I, uh, well, it's funny you say that because if there's any, any people that hate the Steelers right now, it's us probably, you know, and how they're playing and some factions of the Steelers right now. And we'll get into that. Uh, speaking of that, you know, we have, we've had two, weeks kind of dictated by COVID um, restrictions and the schedule has been all wonky. So for that reason, we're kind of just going to jump the whole NFL picture and jump right into our Steelers that had two games since our last podcast. But before we do that, uh, we'll cover the, I'll cover quickly what the playoff picture looks like around, across the NFL. Um, we're calling this podcast the the Yins Down podcast because we don't care about anyone else. <laughs> you know what? And if we like it, we might stick that way. We'll see. Because uh, contrary to what you guys might think, I actually don't like talking about the Los Angeles Rams. I don't care for them. Um, that being said, uh, the playoff picture in the NFC is shaping out to be New Orleans, number one seed. They have their game ahead of the Green Bay Packers. Uh and three, it's the Rams. Four, the Giants, who are actually looking pretty confident at this point. They're on a five-game win streak, four-game win streak, something to that effect. Um, this, the Seahawks are in that first wild card. Tampa Bay, the second wild card. And the Minnesota Vikings are actually in that seventh slot at the end of the AFC. Uh, NFC. Josh, I don't know if you can recall, but the Minnesota Vikings, they, they got off to a really bad start. And that's surprising to see them ahead of teams like the Cardinals and Bears, who had a strong start this season, and even ahead of the 49ers, who are the defending Super Bowl, you know, defending NFC pennant champions. It, it helps when you have primetime Kirk Cousins on your team, not playing <laughs> in primetime, because that's just dub city, baby. It's weird. Number one seed is not the Washington football team. Ah, huh, that's. That's weird, because I'm pretty sure they just won the Super Bowl last, like, this <laughs> past weekend. We'll hold, we'll hold our reins just for a second. Even with a loss to the Washington football team, the Pittsburgh Steelers are still your number one seed. Uh, it's because the conference difference. Uh, the Chiefs have lost the game to the Raiders. We've lost the game to the Washington football team. That's NFC versus AFC. Um, so there you go. You have your Chiefs, number two. You have your Bills, who we're going to play uh, next week. Uh, number three, four, the Tennessee Titans, who we dominated. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns in the fifth seed. 
who we dominated, the Miami Dolphins in the sixth seed. Um, and then we have the Colts in the seventh seed, still looking strong. They play the Raiders next week. I know that. And that will be really important for shaping out that AFC wildcard seeding. Um, so watch that, that. That game is going to be a really good game to watch for to see who wins the, between the, the Raiders and the Colts. Um, and then you have the Ravens and Patriots right on the outside of that bubble uh, with a realistic chance of getting in uh, to the playoffs. Now, let's last thing that we want to do when we were taking a look at the playoff picture is kind of look at we'll just kind of look what the Steelers are looking for um, as we what we need uh, in, in order to get in the playoffs from this point, because Josh, it's not that much. Um, I know that in order to get in, it's very simple. The Steelers need to win against Buffalo and the Browns need to lose against the Ravens on Monday night football. Now, I don't know um, which odds I like better, but I know that both of those, at least to me, those, those determinations of those games are pretty 50, 50. Um, so there's a 50, 50 chance then, well, if, if they're both 50-50, there's a quarter, there's a quarter chance, quarter 75% chance that we uh, are in the playoffs by the end of this week. Quick math lesson for y'all. I know, man. I, We're an educational podcast. My political science degree is going well. I told you, dad. I told you, work out. Look at me now. Those other majors and minors that included math directly, let's not mention them. All right, so. Josh, with that being said, let's let's talk about these last two weeks. Um, I think the themes, despite one being a win and one being a loss, they're going to be quite similar. But what what are some of your initial thoughts? So something that I found rather startling, shocking, interesting, whatever you want it to be, e- no, even I'm, though even though we won, a lot of adjectives there, bud. A lot, a lot of adjectives. We're in a we're in a descriptive mood. Um, <laughs> Even even though pontificate, won't you? Yeah. All right. Calm down, SAT. Um, <laughs> all right. Ravens game, good, bad. Washington game, good, bad. We had a little bit of both from all of them. Fun fact to me, in my head, it kind of seems like they all ran together. From the Ravens game, we could not run the ball. Couldn't run the ball at all. Uh, the defense at least looked decent there. We were able to stop plays on crucial downs, and then we also gave up a decent amount of gash plays up the middle to Lamar Jackson. But um, after watching the Ravens run against the Eagles last night, it wasn't really, you know, it it is what it is. You're going to lose some to Lamar Jackson. He's the reigning MVP for a reason. Um, Drop passes started against the Ravens, and this seems to be um, a running theme that ran all the way into Washington and ran us to an L. Uh, Lots of drop passes. Ebron didn't look so hot. Um, got a lot of Lions fans chirping on Twitter saying, ah, and this is what you guys get for getting them. But, you know, can't can't live with them, can't live without them. Uh, TJ Watt is good, in short. The man is amazing. Uh, defensive MVP right there, watching it unfold in front of our eyes. He was good against the Ravens. He was good against uh, the Washington football team up until he had one massive mental error that gave them a touchdown. Uh, we can talk on that later. Lack of red zone scoring in the Ravens game. That also carried forward into the Washington game. It seems to me that we were able to squeak out a win against the Ravens while performing with the same errors that we had against the Washington football team. Just turns out that that lackluster performance was not enough to get us done in Washington or with Washington. Uh, again, Washington dropped a lot of passes. Injuries are adding up. We got a lot of guys on the injury list. I'll throw it up on screen here. Look at that. 
Thing's long. It's a big old injury list. Uh, ben looked a little slow in the Washington game. That time to get the ball out was not as fast as before. He's originally like 2.7, 2.9, something like that, fastest in the league. Against Washington, he was having to do some rollouts, spinning off Chase Young, trying to get that ball down there and not really making any completions. TJ, still good. I mean, you, you, you can't fault the guy. And then Juju kind of disappeared on us against Washington. Claypool as well. It, it kind of seemed like when we needed our biggest stars to step up against Washington, um, no one was there. So lack of red zone. If, if you are an NFL team and you cannot punch the ball in on the one-yard line, Ford – possessions in a row four plays in a row you you probably should go play coastal carolina or something an important function you might disagree with me here i think an important function of a receiver slash tight end is to catch the ball <laughs> actually actually receive there were too many too many times where ebron's wide open across the middle of the field ball hits his hands hit his hands and he drops it and he just claps his hands together and he's like oh man my bad it's like no dog get out of there, put someone in there who's going to catch the ball. If it is third and eight and you catch the ball one yard past the first down line and then you drop it, I'm not throwing to you again. Like, I, I know we have another tight end on the team. We have McDonald. I have no idea why he's not getting the ball thrown to him. I get, I understand 100% that he's not a great route runner as Ebron. He may not be as fast as Ebron, not as physical. Actually, McDonald's 100% more physical than Ebron. He's just a bigger tight end but Ebron's got that faster wide receiver like quickness and speed but if you can't catch the ball there's no point being out there because you're sure not blocking for a run game because it's non-existent here's a really interesting thing about our receivers because you know it's we we've talked about all the time there's so much praise to be given there and then obviously these last two weeks you know I feel maybe it's the way Ben's throwing it I, I I really can't tell but here here's a cool thing about Juju um he has been targeted uh, in the top 20 in the league, he's actually been targeted 94 times, but he has the fourth of those, of those targets. He's the fourth uh, sh- shortest target distance, which is about five and a half yards of the four players, right? Him and three players that are targeted shorter. He has 600 more receiving yards than second place, you know, 600 yards, you know, which is more than, second place, you know, that, so he's getting all these short targets, but he's amassing, you know, massive yak. And you know, that's the whole point. I think Ben is throwing these balls where they're not never on the receiver. He throws them in a position where they can go get yards after the catch. And obviously the, they're huge drive stoppers because if you don't catch the ball, you don't have a chance to run with it, obviously. And and, and this kind of is a little bit of a, a microcosm kind of of the way our offense is right now. So Ben will be doing these small little dump off passes, one, two yard completions to these guys because we don't have a run game to pick up these small yards. And it's, it's up to the receivers to turn it into yards after the catch. And Juju is honestly the most physical receiver on the team that we have. Claypool's awesome. He's got a lot of straight line speeds down the sideline, but in those small, tough yardage situations, like Juju's going to be the guy who's going to get it done. It just so happens that it doesn't feel like Ben's getting him the ball for him to even showcase his skills to get it done. 
like there's been some splash plays where it's like, ah, Juju got it. And he just muscles past three dudes, gets us a first down. There's also plays where you hit Deontay on a curl route and he just freaking swats it out of the air with his hands. Cause I don't know. He thought it was a bug or something. Yeah. I mean, at least in Juju's defense, uh, he only has two drops um, over the last two weeks. Only two drops. I mean, he's a receiver. He should be catching everything that, you know, feasibly hits him in the hands. Uh, But he only has two of the drops. But Deontay and Eric Ebron, uh, they account for 10 of the drops over the last two weeks. Uh, Over the last two weeks, 40% of Roethlisberger's incompletions have been due to drops. So um, 14 drop passes over the last two weeks. And Josh, I believe you said... Or you, we, we've talked about it. It's 32 drops in general on the year. Um, we actually, sorry, I don't want, I, I don't mean to correct you, but we actually have 34 drops on the year. Oh, geez. With the next closest being the Super Bowl champion Eagles with 31. So and if we, the, at some point, Super Bowl champion Cowboys with 29. So if we do some quick math right there, real quick, over the last two weeks, obviously 14. That means from our first 10 games, we only had. 20 drops so that we were averaging about two drops a game that sounds normal if you ask me are we are we worried are we not worried i'd say we're not worried i think we had two weird weeks um and we'll get back to you know you know two drops a game is pretty reasonable i'd say and they're probably both going to be ebron (laughs) small tangent time gonna get on my soapbox um i think the the leading cause for our drops Are is the boys. No, I'm not going to talk about Randy yet because this is more of a joking soapbox than an actual legitimate soapbox. Um, the boys forgot to pack the hand warmers. They're out there trying to catch these balls with ice cubes on their fingertips. They they can't feel it. They got to pack the hand warmers. If, if, if we can get a donation supply, those rub them together hand warmers and get them out to, to the boys, I guarantee our drops go from six a game back down to two, and they're all Ebron. These guys don't know yet that Ben plays best in November, December when it gets cold. When so, he's slinging the rock in there like a Cy Young winner. We should know better to yell when talking about Ben Roethlisberger. Usually, usually yelling against Ben Roethlisberger is not positive. But uh, let's talk about maybe flip it. I, I think – not flip it, but necessarily we talk about one aspect I think is an interesting thing. Sacks both ways for us and for uh, against us. Uh, so we haven't allowed a sack in five games, which is incredible. Uh, ben is obviously throwing it very quick. But on the same, on the flip side, I think it's been 69 straight games where the Steelers have a sack, which is I, noise. I think both of those are actually uh, close to records, respectively. I know for sacks allowed, we are now we have the third longest streak, or we're tied to the third longest streak. We only need to go another, I believe, fourteen more games <laughs> in order to shore up that record. I like um, our odds. Um. So that's that's great, and then obviously this consecutive sacks. You know, that's not. It's also hard to believe with the years that we've had. You know. Ferrier and Harrison, uh, Hampton, Palmalu, you know, all these, all these guys that were able to get to the quarterback, that this is the longest streak that we're on. Think about this. This is, this is true. This streak, Josh, is so long that Jarvis Jones is a part of this streak, continuing the streak. And he sucked. And I had to Google his name. 
<laughs> it's, he is a player that existed. I could promise you that. This Steelers team is a historic team that has one loss to a team that is honestly a little bit underrated. Um, it's okay. We're going to be fine. Everyone take a deep breath together on three. One, two, three. And let it out. It's so funny that this is who you're being given your attitude on the day of the game. Anyone who follows us on Twitter at Nanyan's podcast will know that I've had the Twitter account for the last two games. So it's been a roller coaster of emotions as I like to watch Steelers football. It's kind of like when you have a train coming right at you, you know, you're not really going to be all that objective. That's what the Twitter is like in Josh's hands. It's very reactionary. It is. So, uh, can I rattle off some 2020 NFL stats about the Steelers for us? Oh, Josh, I'd love that if you did. Don't you think that would be relevant to this Steelers podcast? I feel like it would be relevant to this podcast. All right, here we go. We got a couple of them. Contribute. Yeah, I, I, I brought my big boy pants today. <laughs> um, so passes completed, NFL leader, Ben Roethlisberger, 324. Pass attempts, NFL leader, Ben Roethlisberger, 484. Good. Longest pass, Ben Roethlisberger, 84 yards. Passes <laughs> completed per game, Ben Roethlisberger, 27. Lowest sack percentage, Ben Roethlisberger, 2.02%. Longest reception, 2020, Chase Claypool, 84 yards. See how that kind of adds up, longest pass, longest reception. It's funny how that works. Most tackles for loss, TJ Watt, 19. Most sacks, TJ Watt. 12 i mean historic when you look at the numbers wait biggest love handles on a quarterback is that also ben uh let me check is i'd like to grab on those and ride those into the play into the playoffs uh can we talk about uh us i i I know i just rattled off some stats about ben and you know how as you have previously mentioned just now he's an absolute physical specimen 6'5 240 man's a hoss um could you explain to me how when we're on the one yard line we don't have a play for the 6'5 240 pound quarterback to do a QB sneak to get us a yard half a yard he's what is he 34 36 how old is he He's got a, He's uh. He's thirty. Know. He's thirty-eight. So you know. I, I don't know. There has to be some worry there. You never know. Like I mean, Matthew Stafford hurt his you know hand on a dive earlier this year. You know, Ben is Ben is not the same quarterback he used to be. Even though it was kind of fun to see him scramble around, like before. Um, so what life. you're saying is Drew Brees breaking eleven of his ribs stopped us from calling a QB sneak on the one yard line to get a touchdown against the Washington Football Team. Drew Brees has. Taysom Hill slash Jameis Winston behind him. We have Mason Rudolph and uh, Josh. Duck Hodges. Quack, 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 quack. Okay, whatever. Okay. Josh Dobbs doesn't actually count because he's never suited up. That guy just sits on the sideline. So um, not technically a real backup as of right now. Um, all right. I, I'm, I'm actually a little bit enamored with Ben. Um, so as many football fans do, I like to listen to the mic'd up segments that NFL puts out. Can't play any of that here for us because copyright strike, even though we make no money off of this. Um, but Big Ben, 
and Mike Tomlin in the most recent mic'd up from the Washington game, they were just kind of out there pounding around, having a good time. Ben was making jokes. He was like in a groove, having a good time. And he was just out there playing football. And it was really nice to hear. And, and, and even against the adversity, he was still this like nice, calm leader. We were down by, I think at the time it was six. It might've been when we were still down three. I don't know. They didn't actually have the score on when they played the audio clip, but he's like, Hey guys, let's get a first down. And then we'll just put a drive together and work from there. And I know that at that exact same time, I probably fired off a tweet with a picture of butter and the picture of one of the Steelers wide receivers next to it. Come like absolutely losing my mind. But Ben was there calm firing that thing. This is, this is true. This goes for both, both the last two weeks. I'm pretty, pretty sure this could sum up the entire podcast. What we're getting here is that, it's been said that this team is lucky. I just think that this team is efficient. Um, you know, and you can't beat efficiency, but just over these last two weeks, we've only converted 41% of our third downs. We've converted zero for four on a fourth down. Um, we're only scoring a touchdown in 28% of our red zone drives. Um, and then we have a turnover differential of negative one. You know, we used to, that was our bread and butter was our turnover differential. And now it's negative. It was negative one of the last, I would say these last two weeks are not a categorization of, you know, it doesn't really show what we're going to do for the rest of the season. I think that these two weeks were a soft reset for us. All right, Brady, I want to talk about our rushing game at, at least since week five, because that's when we had our bye week and it seems to be the start of all of our troubles. Josh, so, I'd be insulted if you didn't. Well, I'd be insulted if you interrupt me one more time. <laughs> Starting with week five, 136 rush yards. Week six, 129 rushing yards. Week seven, 94. Week eight, 48. Week... 9, 46, week 10, 44, week 11, 106, week 12, 68, week 13, 21. Again, I'm going to point to it from last week. We throw passes that are essentially runs, you know, and it, we just, when, when you drop the ball, that's why it's been so detrimental. When you drop the ball, it eliminates that facet of the game. And that's probably the worry of a lot of fans is that, you know, if you don't, if you, if those drops happen, which they have been happening, it could be detrimental. It is true. I would just say on most days, it, it'll be fine. You want to know a, a pretty fun stat about that Washington football loss that we had? That was our, one of our highest passing, that, that was our highest passing game since the win against Cincinnati. We had more passing yards than we did against Jacksonville. We had more passing yards than we did against Baltimore. We, we actually, mean to tell me in games where we are losing we throw more i i mean to tell you that in games that don't have a decent at least some semblance of a run game to back it up we are throwing more because in some of those games where we threw a little bit less we did make up for it with run yards bringing our total yardage up higher than against the washington football team so it kind of does go into that whole you need a run game to have a pass game to keep the defense honest and without a run game every defense can cheat up on the Steelers because they know it's a pass coming even when we have Derek Watt 
and Benny Snell in there to pass somehow. Well, as we use all that and looking forward to our next week against Buffalo, which will certainly be a you know formidable biggest test yet, big biggest challenge yet, honestly. Um, yeah, what's important to note is that our point differential is still very high. Um, you know, the points we score minus the points we allow. Um, in fact, it's at 123 when the Steelers uh, won the Super Bowl uh, with Tomlin the first year that they had him, the point differential was 124. So it's pretty close. I think we need to find a way to, to mirror what we did that year. Um, so it starts with a very good showing in Buffalo. Uh, I believe it's Sunday night football too. So it'll be good, a good game to watch in prime time. It definitely will. They, the, the, the Buffalo Bills are a well-balanced team. Every game they consistently have a, a, a formidable passing attack com- compounded with a run game that is, it's there. Like you have to fear the run game. You have to be wary of it. And you also have to be aware that Josh Allen is a mobile quarterback. I say that, yeah, exactly. Their run game is based around Josh Allen. The, the run game is based around Josh Allen, and it's a different style of run game than the run game based around Lamar, which is a little bit more speed, a little bit more quickness. With the Josh Allen run game is a lot of, I'm going to run you over even if you're a linebacker, which, speaking of linebackers, we don't have any, so that will be fun. Yeah, that will Williamson, that trade actually seemed to be a smart trade. You know, he he doesn't seem like just another body. So hopefully we can get that going. And next time we do this podcast, we won't have to be as depressed as we were doing this one. Josh has been crying the entire time, by the way. Yeah, I've got I've gone through an entire two and a half boxes of Kleenex. <laughs> Wait, I was talking about crying, bro. <laughs> oh, oops. But with that being said, I'm Brady. And I'm Josh. And we could have been doctors, but instead we decided to do this podcast for now. Mm-hmm.